The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is your newscast for episode 222. That's all twos. Two, 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 two. For the uh, week of August 23rd, uh, 2021. It's back to school time. Uh, it is. It's cooling down a little bit now. We're not in quite such a miserable spot. The The air quality is better. At least this last few days has been yeah. quite good. Yeah. Um, I'm not wheezing and coughing and itchy as much. That's a positive. I, w- I worked from home uh, a couple days this week. And uh, for lunch, both days, I sat on the front patio and like enjoyed the fact that it wasn't gross outside. Yeah, it's that pretty, is nice. nice. I don't know if that means the winds have just shifted or maybe the... The Western U.S. is not as much on fire anymore. It's on fire. Yeah, I have some friends who live in like yeah. the Sacramento-ish area, and uh, there's big, big fires over there. Yeah. It's a, definitely a bummer. But Colorado, <laughs> doing better than some places. Yeah. Well, I, you know, if we keep exporting that smoke to Canada, it's fine by me. I'm, <laughs> wow. I'm sure they're happy for it. Smoke, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, hey, why don't we talk about some housekeeping? We can. You know, Rob, we have a Slack channel. There, we're getting really close to two thousand people in there. So, if you want to join those almost two thousand people, head over to the website Colorado-Security.com and fill out the little form there to uh, get us to add you. That would be wonderful. We also have a mailing list. While you're on the website, uh, find the, the mailing list section. Put your email in there, and we will send you an email every week with show notes. We'd also love it if you would rate us and subscribe on your favorite pod catcher. Let people know that Colorado Equal Security is the number one way to keep on top of what's happening in security in Colorado. Uh, We'd also love it if you would just tell a friend, find a friend if you don't have any friends. That's probably step one. Uh, Make a friend. And step two, get them involved in the community. Step three, discard them. Right. (laughs) They've served their purpose. Uh, We also have a Patreon campaign. If you would like to contribute financially to support Colorado Equal Security, we would love that. We have a lot of great patrons already, but we're always looking for more. The the money that comes in through Patreon is used to uh, fund things like the website hosting and podcast hosting and other things like that. Uh, You know, other cool swag and things like that. So uh, thank you to all our patrons. And if you want to sign up, uh, go again to the website and get more info there. And if you ever see a Colorado Equal Security car or helicopter around town, we've had a new patron and we, we hope that that person signs up soon, whoever right. that person is going to be. All right, let's jump into the news. Uh, number one, Alex, I know you like to gamble a little bit. I like to gamble a little bit. There is a new large sports book who's eyeing moving their tech headquarters here to Colorado. Yeah, so this is a, a European company called Tibico Group. And they are, they have an East coast office in the U S but they are looking for a tech hub and they're, they're trying to figure out where to put uh, 441 people. And it looks like Denver might be that place. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we have a lot of the, what is it? The office of economic and uh, economic incentives or whatever they call that group that is always trying to give incentives to companies to come to Colorado. They always have code names for these. Um, and generally we get the code name, but not the actual company. In this case, the code name is project palace. Um, but it, the, but the Tipico group CEO spoke up and said, Hey, that's us. Right. You know, and we're interested in coming into Colorado cause it looks like a cool place to come. So we get to know who the company is. Oh, those crazy Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, but usually that's like where privacy is, uh, is focus out there is yeah. in Europe. So interesting yeah. that they're it discarding their own privacy. Uh, anyway, it sounds like we are competing, uh, with three other places. And I think that 
they may have only mentioned two of them. I don't know if I saw the third, but it was Atlanta, Dallas, yeah, I, some other random place, and Denver. So, so clearly, if you had to choose between those three, you would you choose Denver. Yeah, and as part of the article, the the CEO said, "Hey, we really like Denver. We'd like to come to Denver, but it sounds like you know they still want to pressure us for a right. little little bit of cash to come here. So, hopefully, yeah. it it happens, but uh, but we'll see." Four hundred and forty-one new tech jobs sounds like a nice yeah. little thing to get with, with an average salary of around a hundred grand. So that's that is good. Good stuff. Hey, so it was last year, or excuse me, last week. I mean, uh, or maybe it was two weeks ago. We were talking about all the local companies that um, had started you know, food companies here in Colorado, and one that we didn't mention is the subject of this article: TCBY. I didn't realize TCBY was the country's best yogurt. Indeed. Was a Colorado company, the headquartered in Broomfield. I did not know that either. Um, I was excited to learn that the uh, the town that I grew up in, we had a TCBY growing up. It was yeah. the only ice cream shop in town, even though it's yogurt. Um, and uh, you know, fond memories of TCBY. So, so, that, that was so good you stuff. grew up in, in Ohio. I did. I grew up in California, and yep. we had a TCBY in my hometown too. Yeah, and as part of this article, they talk about. Uh, the number of locations that TCBY has, has has gone down over the past 20 years from about uh, 1,800 in the early 2000s to about 250 now. That, I mean, that is a just a massive decrease, right? You're talking about yeah. you know 80% decrease. Uh, interesting to know that that they're, they're still doing okay, you right. know, even with that level of, of decrease. And they've really had to shift their business model a lot. You know, what was it a decade ago? You know, soft serve, or excuse me, self-serve frozen yogurt became right. like the coolest thing. And by the way, like my favorite fad was, was <laughs> self-serve frozen yogurt. You know, every corner had a frozen yogurt place. Well, at the time, TCBY really shifted and they moved from their, you know, employees do it for you to doing it yourself. And and they really looked a lot like all the rest of those yogurt companies. Uh, are, are you one of those guys, Rob, that you go into the self-service yogurt place and just stick your, your face underneath the uh, the thing and you know, like it, open it up right into your mouth. No, there's a reason for the sample cups, Alex. There's a reason <laughs> for sample cups. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, it, it seems like while they are not in their heyday anymore at, at 40 years old, TCBY is, is still humming along and there are, you know, plenty of people that still like frozen yogurt. So I, I imagine they'll keep going. Yeah. A couple interesting factoids in here. Basically the article was about the fact that they're, they're turning 40 years old, uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, they said that they have brand awareness. that's 50% higher than their competitors, which doesn't surprise me because you know, I could think of a couple other frozen yogurt places, but TCB is right. definitely the top of the list. Um, they have, uh, they have moved over 50% of their locations in the last decade. Like I just think of moving a location to be a massive enterprise. And they've they've been doing that across the board, trying to get, get, you know, into the right spot for, for more foot traffic. Um, And they've also added contracts with third party delivery platforms to get, to get sales from delivery, which I had never thought about delivered frozen yogurt, maybe not at the top of my list, Um, but they're definitely looking to innovate and and see how they can improve, uh, including a new hundred square foot kiosk that they're looking to put in malls and airports and places that have maybe lost other tenants um, and get nice foot traffic going through them. Well, Rob, now that I know that TCBY is a Colorado company, I will only eat frozen yogurt from TCBY. I don't believe you. Uh, Well, uh, you'll have to just uh, watch and find out. I will. All right, moving on. Uh, the Denver region has seen a rise in super commuters, and uh, I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah, when I first read super commuters, I'm like, yeah, I'm a pretty good commuter. I don't know if I'm a super commuter, but I, I know what I'm doing, getting to, but well, it, that's not what it means. What, what is your commuting superpower, Rob? I mean, I, I can get there and back uh, pretty pretty well know the, yeah. the way every time I listen to my podcasts. I, yeah. I, like, I know 
how to do this, but a super commuter is actually one who has a 90 minute or longer drive uh, each way to and from the office. Yeah, uh, which sounds like something I would not like to do. Um, and also sounds like uh, something that a good amount of people do do in uh, Denver. About 2.1% of Denver region's workforce, or about 37,000 people, face a 90-minute-plus commute in 2019. Uh, I guess these uh, numbers are a little old. We probably don't want to go with 2020 because right. there are probably zero super commuters in 2020. Yeah. Um, but that's up 45% uh, from 2010. Yeah, so interesting, there's... Uh, they they do a, a lot of talking about you know what the demographics breakdown look like here in Denver. Um, what was really interesting, you, you called it out, is what forty percent of the super commuters live in downtown Denver. So they're obviously driving somewhere right. else, like like maybe taking public transportation to Boulder, or going to the Springs, going to Fort Collins. Uh, but the rest of it made a lot of sense to me. Where you know if you live if you live an hour and a half away from Denver. Yeah, that's that's where a lot of super commuters are going to be, right. right? Yeah, one of the things they say is that you know the rising housing costs have probably helped lead to this. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to live farther and farther away from the city in order to uh, to afford their living situation, which then again leads to longer commute times. Yeah, they they have a couple other regions that are significantly higher percentage of the super commuters, but I, I don't find these all that interesting because they just match exactly what you'd expect. So Stockton, California and Modesto, California, which are about an hour and a half to two hours away from the Bay Area, they have a high percentage of super commuters and yep. uh, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York also has a high percentage, you know, driving into New York. So, so it, it's kind of a, you know, maybe not that interesting a stat. Um, I did find one other interesting part of this article though, which was as they talk about, what does it mean with this shift to remote work? And maybe we'd expect that less people on the roads, fewer people on the roads means, you know, shorter commutes. But the article suggests that this actually might increase um, the super commuter percentage because people are going to be willing to live longer, uh, further from their office if it's if it's going to be fewer drives in. If it's once or twice a week, you know, that 90 minute drive doesn't sound so terrible to get, you know, sprawling acreage somewhere. Yeah, for sure. All right. uh, Moving on. We have a new version of the Inc. 5000 list. We've talked about this list uh, many times on the podcast. And so the, the way that you get on the Inc. 5000 list is the fastest growing companies. And they look over the, I think the past three or, or four years, um, and they are looking at percentage of revenue growth uh, over those times from 2017 to 2020. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's always interesting to us to look at the Colorado companies, especially to look at the Colorado security companies. Yep. Uh, the number one no- Colorado company on this list is not a security company. It's it's called Brewmate, and they were number 71 on the list overall with 5,000% growth over the last, what is that, four or five years. But the second Colorado company is a security company. Yeah. CyberGRX uh, is number 97. They had uh, just under 4,000% growth over that time period. Uh, some other familiar names, no, no more security companies on this list in the top 5,000, but Pax8 makes the list. Um, Shoot, I, th- I thought there was another one or two. I don't have uh, on my list here. Uh, RX Review. I, th- I think we've talked about them mm-hmm. in the past, maybe once or twice. Uh, yeah. Anyway, a, a couple other things, on, ones on here that I recognize. So good for all of them. Well, we are going to talk about a different list of fast-growing Colorado companies in a minute. So so we'll hold off on revealing those details. Uh, first, we have a blog from Red Canary this week. It's, it's called Remote Access Tool or Trojan. 
how to detect misbehaving rats, remote access tools. And this is a, this is one of their great articles that starts off with, you know, something for Alex, for me and you, where it's like high level, Hey, it's important to figure out the difference between, right. you know, a managed uh, tool that is used by your internal IT and that same tool used by bad guys. And, and it's not necessarily easy to be able to tell that difference. And then they go into some real good technical detail on what you can do in your environment to, to be able to see the difference. Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we're, we're talking about two different kinds of rats here. You know, one is a remote access tool, things that are legitimate. And the other is a remote access Trojan. Uh, I, again, I, I like on here how they're going into the very specific details around detection, you know, looking for file locations, registry keys, other things like that. Um, if, if you are interested in trying to detect these for yourself, there's definitely a lot of information here that you can use. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, this is our next list. Swimlane has been named to Colorado Startups' fastest growing company list. Yeah, this was interesting. And, you know, I didn't know that this list existed until Swimlane had their press release. So I'm like, well, I wonder if there's any other familiar companies on this list. Hey, there and are. Lo and behold, there's a bunch of them that we know in here, right? Yep. Uh, so uh, Swimlane is on the list. Uh, they are number 15. But uh, before them, uh, Jump Cloud is number two. Amp Robotics, who we've talked about a number of times, is number seven. PAX 8, coincidentally, is number 8. Uh, ThreadX is number 12. Red Canary, 13. Uh, Shaped, Shapeshift, which is a crypto company, is number 16. Automox is 17. CyberGRX is 29. And DeepWatch is 34. I mean, we talk about the, the significant impact that security companies have had in Colorado. And this list is just it's great proof of that. That's, you know, representation in the top 30. That was like 12 or 15 companies you just mentioned there. Uh, really cool to see those companies be well represented. And I'm excited to see, you know, what the next iteration looks like. We've talked to a couple on here, right? Uh, yep. uh, you know, Heika and uh, Phylum recently. I'm excited to see other companies take off. Truno, another one. Yeah. Hopefully they make that list and, you know, next year or the year after. All right, good stuff. We have a press release from Zvilo um, about a new product they're releasing. It's called their Malicious Detailed Detection Feed. Yeah, it is a highly accurate, fast detection of malicious threats plus associated metadata and IOCs for blocking them. Yeah, well, so I'm excited that these guys who who are already do a good job giving intel to companies is is getting a little more nuanced list, and hopefully this is something that that folks will find useful and subscribe to. Yeah, and I think um, one of the other interesting things, you know, most of the time the Zavilo stuff is, you know, piped into devices and it sort of happens automatically. But I think uh, you can also get this as an analyst as well. And so now you're going to have more details as an analyst. Good stuff. I think uh, this right. next article is a blog from CyberGRX. So this is a blog post from our friend Kevin Ford, who's the CISO over there, uh, talking about, the future of it's called the future of cybersecurity is collaboration. But really, what he's talking about is this trend over the last you know, decade or so, where companies, CISOs, and CIOs are moving from a default deny talking about anything around security right. to being much more willing to share you know, what are they doing around security practices and using that to help each other. Yeah, definitely. And I think the more we can share and the more open that we are, uh, the better it's going to be. And that is a little bit of what he talks about in the article. Uh, not specifically related to the article, but uh, I was hearing something recently and uh, there was, there's been the trend now where um, uh, incident response uh, reports are probably going to be more admissible in court. And so there was the, the fear that now people would not be doing as much of that or doing it as well because they don't want that to be discoverable mm -hmm. in case something happens. 
uh, and someone else was calling for a uh, like an NTSB for cybersecurity, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, more more open and uh, right, you know, uh, being able to figure out what was going on and, and share it for everyone. And I think that you know, in that spirit of uh, openness and collaboration, I think that's definitely where we should be going. Well, if the NTSB had to investigate a thousand plane crashes every day, <laughs> I, I'm not sure we'd have the same quality of reports about those either. Like <laughs> the scale of what we're doing here with cyber is a little bit different than plane crashes. Fair. Uh, but I still like the concept. <laughs> I like the concept too. I just wish it was a little easier to do. Yep. All right. Moving on to our last story of the week. This is a Ping Identity blog talking about passwordless, a complete guide to passwordless authentication. Yeah. Wes Dunnington is one of the one of the smartest guys over at Ping I got to work with for years. Really love him. And he does a great job uh, really introducing mm. you to what, where pat, passwordless sits. You know, it's not a technology you go implement. Right? If, if someone tries to sell you passwordless, you know, they're 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 really um, they're probably not really giving you all the details. Right? Passwordless is a goal. How do you get to that goal? Requires a number of, of things, and I think he does a good job talking about what are the benefits of it, and then really what are the what are the steps you take along that path to get yourself to be ready for a passwordless experience. Yeah, I think one of the other things I like about this is that. Um, he sets up the blog as sort of a series of questions, right? Things that you would probably ask yourself, right? Is password passwordless authentication safe? You know, how does it work? Uh, all those sorts of things. And then gives uh, good details and answers throughout yeah. the, the blog about those things. Love it. All right. Well, that is it for, for the news. Why don't we jump over to our calendar of events? As a reminder, we do have uh, a calendar on the website at colorado-security.com where you can go see what's happening over the next few months. Uh, we have a few things in the next week, and then I think most folks took off are taking off for Labor Day. So this week, what do we have? Uh, first up on the 24th, CSA Denver is doing their August meeting. On the 25th, ISSA Denver has an August special meeting. This is a special episode of ISSA yeah. Denver. And then also on the 25th, ISC Squared Pikes Peak is doing their August hybrid meeting. Good stuff. Let's jump over to jobs. I have a, I have a, a few things that open at Red Canary, actually four jobs. Um, I'm looking to hire directors for both my product security and corporate security functions. I'm looking to hire a program manager to work with me directly on managing uh, the trust program, and which includes security, privacy, compliance, enterprise risk management, all that good stuff. And I'm also looking to hire application or product security engineers. So cool. any of those folks, you can go out to the website and apply or ask me questions on the Slack channel if you want. Awesome. Ball Aerospace is looking for an enterprise security director, chief information security officer. Yeah, you get to work with our friend Dan Collender over there, who's the CIO. He was the former CISO. Uh, Excited for uh, Joe McComb, who's who's made a move. Uh, He's going to be the CISO over at Holland and Hart. Um, Good for for Joe. And of course, uh, excited to see who lands over at Ball. Next, we have CE Broker, uh, which is looking to hire a director of information security. Crocs is looking for a senior manager of IT security. Western Governors University is hiring an application security engineer slash senior IT security analyst. Ooh. Colorado Judicial Branch is looking for an information security analyst. Direct Defense is hiring a security analyst. Intrado is looking for an InfoSec analyst. And finally, this was a special request uh, that came in to me to post this job on here. It's for Airspring. They're hiring an associate product manager. So anyone who's looking for a product manager role, this looks like a good opportunity. Cool. Good stuff. All right, uh, Rob, I think that is the end of the news. We got a little uh, something special this week, though. Um, We do not have a feature interview, but, you know, last week on the show, uh, we talked a little bit about Stackhawk and we, you know, can I give them a little a little poke? Uh, we asked that all of you, you know, go give them your best caca 
um, because of course, you know, we like to hear cacaws and, yeah. and support Stackhawk and, um, Scott Gerlock and the, the team over there, uh, they took the challenge as well. And they, they came back to us with some cacaws. So it'll be up to you guys to decide is their cacaw better or is our cacaw better? And uh, if you say their cacaw, you won't make it on the show. But if you say ours, <laughs> you get a good chance to be made famous on the podcast. Let yeah. us know. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, and if you want to have your own cacaw to throw into the mix, you know, send it on over and we'll we'll take a listen to it. We'll see what we can do. All right. Yeah. Well, that is it. Listen to, listen to this next clip and then we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks, Rob. What's up, Colorado Equal Security? This is Scott Gerlock, CSO and co-founder at Stackhawk. Alex and Rob, I hear you out there calling us out for our cacaw. And if it's a cacaw challenge you want, it's a cacaw challenge you got. Here's mine. Cacaw! And the team thought they should throw in on this too. So here's the whole engineering team. <laughs> Thanks for talking about Stackhawk. We love it. Make sure you subscribe to Colorado Equal Security. Learn more about the Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado Equal Security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.